It's the Lost Years Pod. Lost Years Pod. Running through this show called Boy Meets World is what we're doing. Sit and tell your friends who will always stand by you. It's the Lost Years Pod. Hello and welcome to the Lost Years, a retrospective fan cast. I'm Tay. I'm Sid. And this is season four, episode 19. We are so close to the ending. It's really weird. Yeah, that's so strange. I can't believe we're already through season four. I feel like we just started season four. A weird time thing. I was looking back on some nostalgia just to kind of prompt a question today. And -hmm. I came across one of our first tweets, which is when we were introducing ourselves. And I wrote, I'm Sid. I'm 25. And I thought, oh, my God, that. Oh, no. Yeah. By the time that we're going to finish this, it's going to be like I'm 29 or 30. Yep. And. It's so strange. It's so weird. It's so weird to um, visually see representations of yourself aging. (laughs) It used to just be, you know, physical photos and maybe some videos. And now we have way too much. (laughs) Yeah, it's very social media has made like, I don't know what made me scroll through like some of my old, old, old Instagram photos. Oh, you know what it was? I was deleting. I was archiving. I wasn't deleting. I was archiving photos of a uh, friend that I have who was no longer my friend. And I was like, nice. That is sad. Um, <laughs> so I was like, <laughs> I need to not have these as visual representations of like my sad, broken friendship <laughs> anymore. <laughs> so I removed them, but I was like, wow, that was, I was this age. This was this many years ago. Like I was doing this, I was doing that. And I was like, this is so weird to look at. Yeah. Such a blessing and a curse. Yeah. Social media strange anyway what are you nostalgic for this week yeah i am nostalgic for being on andy graver's tour crew oh tay sent me a lovely tiktok the other day that reminded me (laughs) that i was very big into andy graver's fandom to the point where i went to a show back in 2014 it was the first time i saw him live and uh got some merch i like pre-ordered his album and afterwards we got to meet him that was kind of a benefit of pre-ordering while we were at the concert and uh, at the merch table and the people that were walking around and asking if we wanted to sign up for this thing that I essentially found out that a tour crew existed and it wasn't like you didn't get paid, but it was kind of just like a street team type of thing where you just promote. And anyway, they followed me on like the, the Twitter account had followed me after the show and after I talked about it and I kind of just looked into it more, and whenever he announced his next tour, uh, they had some applications that were open and just said, if you would like some experience with this, if there's all these things you get to do, you get to promote on social media, you get to call things, you get to help work the merch table and the meet and greets and everything whenever the tour rolls around. And so I applied, and I got in on one of the shows, and that was really exciting because I got to do exactly all of that. And it was at the same place that I had met him and like saw the show a year prior, so it was kind of fun. But I became friends wow. with the person that is his, or was. Now she's working on Beyonce's tour, which is crazy. Whoa. But the the merch manager and everything. So it was just a really fun time and got to do behind the scenes. I ended up doing it the next summer as well. So I got second round tour crew at a different location. And that is where I learned Canva um, existed because it was kind <laughs> of the first year that it appeared uh, in everybody's lives. Yeah. Uh, so I got some good experience working with that. But it was just, it was a really fun time. 
I had no real plans to work in the music industry, but uh, it was a lot of good marketing practice. And Mm. even though it was free, like I got to hang out with his band and met him and hung out with him a couple times and got to see some free shows. And that was a very lovely time. (laughs) Amazing. Yeah. Wait, really quickly. One of the best things that winter like midwinter after that second tour is when i went on the train cruise and he was Mm. on it and his Mm -hmm, whole band mm -hmm. was too we like saw andy on the deck on one of the shows at night and then i went over and just said hi and he was like oh my gosh hi and my friend was like wait you actually like know him and this was back in i don't this would not happen now but it was back during that time and so it was really fun you don't know it could happen now I could remember you. (laughs) Absolutely not. He could. I mean, he still follows me on Twitter. (laughs) Yeah. I had, um, there was this actor in Hamilton Shy, uh, in the, in the Chicago cast who I was just like deeply in love with. And he left pretty early on, like, I think maybe a year and a half into the run. And he came back like almost two years later when they were closing and he remembered me. Like I hadn't seen him since he left the show, but he like very actively was like, hello, hey, I remember you. And he like gave me a high five and I was like, shut up, what? Shut up, no you don't. <laughs> and again, another instance of that, when uh, I met another actor in Hamilton Chai who had like, I'd gone to his last show. It was like his first time going on as Hamilton. He was like one of the standbys and then his last show. And then literally we were at stage door. I was with one of my friends. We were at stage door for Jesus Christ Superstar and he was there to see one of his friends. He was just like at the stage door. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's Jin Ha. We're going to go talk to him. And he remembered me from stage or from a year prior, from the one time I met him. And so wow. I was like, they, sometimes they remember you. If you make an impression, they remember yeah, you. And it's like, crazy because it's been like guys. 10 years ago almost at this oh, point. Oh, has it been? Like, yeah, because it's yeah, like 2015. It's, it's very long. Um, but still, you never but Yeah. Gosh, that was such a fun time of my life. Because I was, I was like in the middle of college and everything, and it was just fun yeah. to have something where – it was not my first fandom experience, but it was one of those where you get really invested really quickly. Yeah, for sure. And that happened with them. Hey, what are you nostalgic for? My first concert once I graduated high school. That is so specific. It's very specific purely because I wasn't allowed to go to concerts when I was younger. Mm. Um, I don't really know what the reasoning was behind it, but I only ever went to a handful, I think, before I turned like 19. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of them was the Jonas Brothers, and that was great. And then there was like, I went to see the Backstreet Boys when I was really young. But like most of the shows that I went to go see, um, I wasn't or most of the shows that I wanted to see, rather, I wasn't allowed to go see. The only reason I really even got to go see the Jonas Brothers because I won those tickets on the radio. Oh, did Um, you really? Yeah, I did. That was actually really crazy. I'm surprised they let me have them because I was fully 14 when I won them. And I was on on a school bus. I was literally in my (laughs) high school parking lot when I won those tickets. Um, It was very weird, but that's a story for another time. And so I wasn't allowed to go see a lot of shows, and I had always been really into mostly alternative uh like pop punk sort of like bands and um I always wanted to go to their shows when they would tour but I was never allowed to and so when I went to college I was like one like my first fall in college uh one of my favorite bands from then and now Made a Parade was touring and I just like found out randomly and I was literally in the middle of class when I bought the tickets to go see them at the metro mm-hmm. and I remember 
being so excited to go. And I was just like, I guess I'll just go by myself. That's weird. Cause I had never done that before. And then I found out that literally like four of my, at the time, very new college friends were also going. And so the five of us went to see this show and it was a standing room only show. We got there pretty late. This was before I like understood how SRO shows worked. Mm -hmm. We got there pretty late and we were deep in, in the pit at the Metro to the point where for a lot of it, I was barely on my feet. Um, but I, one of my friends got very much pushed to the front. And so then I ended up getting up to her, like half of our group was like, we're going to go stand in the back where it doesn't feel terrible. And, yeah. uh, the other half of us or me. And then our one friend who got literally pushed to the front, I just like slid up there with her. And then we were just like standing on top of each other, <laughs> essentially. But I was so close to the stage. It was my first standing room only show. And now those are like basically the only kind of shows I go to at this point. Um, and it was such a weird and sweaty and gross and fun time. And I got all of this merch, like just t-shirts and posters and, and stuff that I had for years, um, stuff that I still have some of it. And it, really just like jump started my love for concerts, even though that was like one of the worst ones I've ever been to truthfully. But like in terms of like the memory, it is so deep ingrained in like how I see shows now and like the reasons why I do. And I will never forget that. And it was also like a cool bonding experience for like that group of friends, um, some of which I'm still friends with. Like we all got to go see the show. Like, first of all, discover that we all liked this band and then go see the show together. Yeah. And it was just so lovely. It was so lovely and so fun. And it was like, it's like a memory I will always cherish. My first October of freshman year of college, I got to go see one of my favorite bands with a bunch of friends. And uh, then we went to McDonald's afterward. (laughs) That was also good. I love that. Yeah. I mean, I did go to some concerts growing up, but having that first, your parents aren't there like the first time that I actually went with friends to a random location to like go see a show yeah my friend and I drove to Chicago we were in Holland but we drove to Chicago just for one concert and then we drove back oh. so it was a very late night uh like just like turnaround time hours, isn't it yeah yeah round trip <laughs> yeah but yeah it was we woke up in the morning and we just said we're gonna do a couple hours in Chicago before the show go see the show um and then just drive home and it felt so deeply chaotic <laughs> but we kept doing random road yeah. trips during that entire year and so we were like yeah okay this is this is what we're doing this year we're just going on random long road trips and having fun the other one was Bo Burnham <laughs> which uh, <laughs> that was driving 10 hours to Cleveland <laughs> wow that's so long I it's so weird like the perception in the midwest is very much like oh they'll drive anywhere and i think that is true it is true but like <laughs> i i didn't and we did we drove a lot of and my aunt oh my god my aunt and my my uncle like they would drive most places and they're from indiana mm-hmm. and like we did florida a couple of times for cruises and stuff like that and so like <laughs> I I don't have that same sort of thing. Like I I think on average I can do like five to seven hours yeah. comfortably. But past that, I'm like, I'm not driving. <laughs> That's forever. But a day? You want me to spend a day driving? That's insane. Yeah. So it, it is very funny because that is it's generally speaking true, but I am also like a person who lives in a major city and doesn't have a car, and I'm like, I'm going to drive eight hours because that's <laughs> crazy. Yeah. If I had access to good transit, I would use it. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes I would love a car. There are very few, like, 
I, I, I really miss fast food and I can't get, I don't have access to fast food in the same way when you don't have a car. Like we have fast food down here. You we can't do a drive through though. <laughs> we can't do, I can't do a drive through. I don't have a drive through. <laughs> You'll never get the thrill of going to a drive through in the middle of the night, knowing that it's probably God. not going to be good for your body, but you're just waiting in line anyway. <laughs> I, and I want that. I want that. Yeah. I'm now just stuck in my thinking back of that Bo Burnham night because my friend and I drove to Cleveland. That was the night that we met him. So it was worth it because we got to hang out mm. and then he didn't tour after that uh, tour pretty much. Um, yeah. But on the way back, when we told him how long we had driven to get there, he was like, oh my God, why? <laughs> and, Angel. And we were going to stay at my parents' house because it was on the east side of the state. Like we could just go up and stay. And it was... yeah pretty much nearing midnight and we're about halfway and my heat in my car just stops working um and it's winter (laughs) like it was well not winter it was november windows it was november and so we were just like um okay (laughs) and for the second half of the drive it was past midnight and we didn't have any heat and we didn't know what was going on um so i was a not so fun part of the trip, but the rest of it was great. That's very dangerous. I'm glad you're still with us. <laughs> yeah. Hey, good time. <laughs> well, on that 20-minute long tangent, do you want to get into it? I'd love to. Season 4, episode 19 is titled Quiz Show. The episode aired on March 21st, 1997. It was directed by Jeff McCracken. It was written by Stephen Hibbert. The synopsis is, the educational game show High School Quiz is suddenly popular once again when Corey, Sean, and Topanga get involved with the show. However, the uh, the questions are intentionally dumbed down to accommodate the three guests and Mr. Feeney is dismayed at the sacrifice of education for entertainment. <laughs> what? I mean, do we even need to do the episode now? That was the whole thing, That was guys. the whole thing. But also, this episode that is was so the whole thing. strange. <laughs> <laughs> strange is the best I was trying to think. Can. I'm like, it's funny, but it's not, like, yeah. all of it's not funny. <laughs> You know, weirdly, there is one line in this episode, and I'll talk about it when we get to it, but for whatever reason, that line has, it's not even that good, but it's stuck with me forever. I think I know what line it is. And I don't, it's, well, we'll see. Um, if I, I would honestly be shocked if you, unless I said it before, but I would be shocked if you guessed. Is it towards the random, end of the episode? No. Mm. It's like middle-ish. I would love for I would love for you to guess. Actually, is it a Feeny line? No. Oh, okay. It's literally, and I it's I cannot stress enough how non-important this line. <laughs> okay, now I'm at, I'm just excited been, to get there. So it's it's been in my brain for years. Anyway, um, God. Okay, so the first scene we are at the quiz show. Feeney is arguing with this woman who seems to produce a program called High School Quiz Show about being forced to forfeit the competition because they only have one contestant, Topanga, there to participate. Feeney argues that the bus broke down and it's not the two missing students' fault. The producer asks how Topanga got there if the bus broke down and Feeney says, well, she was driven over by, and we cut to see Corey and Sean sitting at the desk with Topanga. Corey goes, hey, Mr. Feeney. And Sean's like, look, we're smart. The producer looks intrigued and Feeney turns back to her and says, okay, we forfeit. She walks over to them and asks where they go to school and Sean's like, uh, Corey, who's that guy, that head in the hallway? And Corey says, that's John Adams' head. And Sean says, yeah, we go to John Adams' head high school. Producer turns back to Feeney, who says, which is why we forfeit, you see. Corey hits the buzzer, just playing with it, and she says without looking back at them, let's get him in a makeup, and walks away. The boys continue playing with the buzzer as Feeney laments this happening, and that is the end of the scene. What three kids to represent your school? 
It's just Topanga, Sean, and Corey. Um, Topanga, yes. Sean and Corey. Yes. Boy. Um, just just two guys. <laughs> just the... I, uh, I just love how it just ends with them just constantly hitting the button. <laughs> um, yeah. Which, by the way, High School Quiz Show is a real thing. Is it? Yeah. It, I actually didn't care to look that up. <laughs> no, this is actually, it's a, it's a fun little piece of trivia because uh, it's by PBS, like the station WGBH, which oh, um, yeah, that makes is sense. up there, but it's specifically for high school students in Massachusetts. So this is very interesting. <laughs> Because they were in Pennsylvania, and somehow, right, at least in this, they're either going to Massachusetts or whatever. Um, Yeah, it's unclear how much time passes in this episode because, spoiler alert, they end up being in Quiz Show a lot. So I don't actually know how long it is, but imagine they're driving up to Massachusetts like every quote-unquote weekend potentially yeah because at the beginning they talk about the bus you know not uh right. being a thing and so that would make sense of like oh you're going on a bus to go to massachusetts but the idea that they just keep going and not just staying there they is going. crazy right but yeah it so is strange. it is a real a real thing that kids can compete in so amazing okay yeah next seat we are at the quiz show it is introed back in by a very old man named mr prong um this actor is has been in a lot of things. I can't remember. I looked up his name and then I forgot to write it down. Um, but if you saw him, you would know who he is. Uh, he is very old. He introduces a slightly less old man as a host, Arthur Candib. The opposing team has 20 points while our trio has none. Arthur asks the region known as the Fertile Crescent lies between which two rivers? Topanga buzzes in and answers the Tigris and the Euphrates, but not before the boys giggle about Arthur using the word fertile. They then tell Topanga her answer was wrong, and when Arthur says correct, the boys stand up and celebrate, with Sean telling the other team they suck. The audience loves this, though, which producer lady notices. I think she has a name, and I don't know what it is. I call her producer lady in my notes the entire time. Yeah, I didn't catch a name at all. <laughs> and maybe Yeah, I feel me, like they but... maybe said it one time. And I just didn't care to write it down. <laughs> Arthur then notes the scores being 20 to 1. And Sean yells to the audience, we will not be denied. They continue to eat this up, which producer lady notes again. And then Arthur, Arthur outros the segments to commercial. The audience of kids is still losing it. And the trio waves as producer lady is astounded at their reaction. Beanie says, if you'll allow me to go on camera, I will apologize to your audience. And she's like, what are you kidding me? I've never seen the audience like this as long as I've worked here. He replies, I don't understand. She says, oh, I think I do. See, for the past 36 years, the teams have been composed of bookish academic types, but your team, they have a certain, Beanie finishes educational deficiency. And she's like, no, I was going to say they're cute. They're fun to watch. A weird corporate man walks up out of nowhere and introduces himself. Uh, He's with some sponsorship. It literally doesn't matter. She's like, oh, hi, I think you're in the wrong studio. He's like, no, I'm in the right studio. Just as some teens in the audience stand up and cheer for the trio. (laughs) He continues, I like what you're doing with your show. And if you're going to keep it this way, I think Oahu Beach face savers may spend some ad money. I don't know what this product is. I only named it because it becomes relevant later. Um, I think it has something to do with zits. It's kind of unclear. Yeah. Um, I'll I'll talk about it in a minute. Yeah. Okay. Producer Lady likes this information and excuses herself briefly. Mr. Prong gives a 30-second call, and Topanga tells the boys that she worked hard to be on the team, so they should lay off their buzzers because just because they like the sound. 
Uh, and Corey's like, okay, fine, Miss Smarty Pants. If you feel that you can do better than us, then the buzzer is yours. He presses it again and then says, sorry, last time. Mr. Prong gives a 10-second call as producer lady runs up to Arthur and gives him a stack of questions. He's like, I already have the questions. And she says, these are the new questions and walks away. Point of order. She wrote these questions in 20 seconds. She wrote these questions in 20 seconds. This game is rigged. Doesn't make sense. <laughs> Doesn't make sense. Prong says, in three, two, one. And the show starts back up, which I thought was actually very funny. <laughs> Arthur intros his favorite part of the program and deadpans the fast-paced, electrically charged lightning round where the questions are worth, and then there's a fanfare sound, two points. And the category, he reads the card, then looks off camera confused and finishes, what's up? <laughs> the opposing team looks confused as producer lady, ad rep, and Feeny watch on the monitor. Arthur asks, what does the X in X-Men stand for? Corey and Sean start whistle whistling and posturing nonchalantly as Topanga says, oh, go ahead. They both hit the buzzer and answer the question correctly. Basically, word for word, mutant ability, X for Charles Xavier. The audience goes wild. The producer and the ad guy are pleased. Feeny is dismayed. And that is the end of the scene. <laughs> the fact that quiz show is a real thing and they're yeah. pretty much mocking it the entire time, just being like, very yeah, they're calling it stupid and bad yeah very like <laughs> the educational nerdy like this is this is dumb it's very seems highbrow yeah. and professional like okay <laughs> i don't know what was mm -hmm. uh what stephen hibbert specifically had against high school quiz show but <laughs> <laughs> maybe show. he didn't win <laughs> and therefore he just wanted to bring him down <laughs> his personal vendetta oh god but yeah i think I, I I don't know why I really loved like world of knowledge are the sponsors like there are certain lines that is mm -hmm. just it this is what's happening the fact that the audience is going nuts for no reason over Corey nuts. Sean and Topanga I love them too they're just some people they have no idea who they are they've said really? a couple of lines and all of a sudden they are just rocketed like, to stardom it's crazy these kids are clever yeah cute and fun to watch it's the fact that the Oahu Beach face saver pads. I I had a uh, little kind of Neutrogena circles of sorts that were for acne, where you could just like wipe your face, and so that's what I was envisioning the entire time. Mm. But uh, this is it's so random. Knowing now, and I don't know if this is the exact same high school uh, quiz show as the Massachusetts one, but knowing that it's like a PBS sure. show, and they're like time to get some sponsors and it's Oahu Beach face saver it's, pads. It doesn't make sense. <laughs> it's also very funny because presumably they've been on the show for maybe two rounds, three rounds max. And this ad guy, <laughs> what, saw that they were filming it because I, I don't know if it answers or it, it airs live. It's like very unclear. I don't, it doesn't seem to me like it does. So I guess the guy walked over like he just happened to be watching quiz show and walked over from wherever office is on this lot and is like i like what you're doing with your show now it's just so funny because that's also not how like sponsorships or anything work just for someone to appear and be like no i'm gonna sponsor you today i want to spend it's some deeply money. not how the industry works literally like also if the audience could just cool it that'd be preferred for me uh as a viewer <laughs> Um, okay, so the next scene, we are in the Matthews kitchens. A quick one. Corey comes in and says to his parents that they are looking at the new champion of high school quiz. Amy's like, I thought you guys just went down to support Topanga. And Corey's like, we did, but we made it on the team. I hope you guys will come down next time I'm on. Finally, someone understands my particular genius. And Alan's like, whoa, wait, what do you mean you're champion? Don't they ask really tough questions? Corey scoffs, ha, huh, maybe for you. And that is the end of the scene. I just like that they're... <laughs> 
<laughs> just doubting Corey's intelligence. Just in They're that like, little line, like, are you what sure? Are you, what do you mean you won? Yeah. We're concerned a little bit. Very fun. <laughs> that, none of this makes sense to me. Um, the next scene, we are back at Quiz Show. The show has been renamed Knowledge Fever, <laughs> as seen on a big banner on the audience risers. The Matthews are there, Sans Morgan, and Amy says to Alan, I used to watch High School Quiz, and I remember all the contestants were really smart. Alan's like, are you asking me why Corey's on the show? And Amy says, yeah. <laughs> Alan says, George. And we pan over to see Feeney sitting next to him, and he just says, we live in a random and chaotic universe. <laughs> <laughs> Which is just, like, really great filming. I love that moment so much. The show is once again introed by Prong, but now there are dancers and the host is named Sweet RDK. It's still Arthur, but he's wearing a leather jacket now and he dances around a little with the girls who then run off. He looks very uncomfortable, but says, welcome to the show that makes learning hip, hot, and happening. The audience is loving it. He introduces the trio as returning champions and then introduces the challengers as three smart kids from some other school. The audience boos them and he starts the game with the category being the lifeguards of Baywatch. Corey and Sean immediately buzz in and Sean names Pamela Anderson's character CJ Parker. They get one million points. The audience cheers and RDK says, let's pause for a few words from our sponsor because that's the way the world works. The dancers come back and caught with cards and play rap music promoting Oahu face savers. Um, the audience loves this, though the parents look confused and Corey says, and my mom said I watch too much TV. Sean's like, yeah, well, we're showing them. Topanga asks, but what are we showing them? I mean, we're answering questions about TV and comic book trivia. Does it really make us feel intelligent? Sean hits the buzzer and says, it's why we're the returning champions. Corey agrees. Yeah, let's get our priorities straight, which is nothing. <laughs> the dance break ends and Artie intros round two. Ad guy says to producer ladies, so between you and me, these John Adams kids, they're never going to lose, right? She looks at him in a truly unreadable way as Corey and Sean answer another question. They get three million points and win the game. So I guess the game was two rounds long. The audience goes crazy. Corey and Sean stand up and accept their applause as RDK says, and we'll be right back after this word from the man. <laughs> <laughs> the parents are clapping, confused, and Alan says, I don't get what kind of audience they're trying to impress with this show. Eric yells excitedly, Rocco's a wallaby. This is stuff I don't know, which is in reference to the winning question. Alan says, now I get it. Producer lady comes over to the trio and asks Corey, in order to add drama, can you mop your brow and scrunch up your face like you're not sure of the answer? Corey's like, yeah, like this, and makes what I call a confused idiot face. She loves it and then turns to Sean and says, how about you flash us some of those thoughtful, pouty, sexy lips, which is deeply inappropriate to ask of a child. Mm -hmm. Topanga's like, what sense does that make? And Sean says, no, I understand exactly what she means. She means this and, and does exactly what you're imagining, I'm sure. Producer lady then goes to Topanga and says, can I see you toss your hair and just flirt with that camera a little? Topanga says, may I just say, I'm not really comfortable with all this. I mean, before we had questions that required real knowledge and sure they were tough, but they made us think. And I thought that was the whole point of the show. Producer lady says, well, the point of the show is to attract an audience. I suggest you look at your audience. Topanga looks out to the audience and some of them hold up signs that says Topanga is our queen. And she says, it's good to be queen. And then we get a panning shot of Topanga tossing Corey's idiot face and Sean's lips as the audience cheers. And that is how we end the scene. You're telling me that we had <laughs> a long walk to Pittsburgh, part one and part two. We just had Uncle Daddy. Yeah. And now we get this. <laughs> and now we get this. I'm sorry. And now we get this. I, I, like, it's funny, but it's, it's so, this episode is so random. <laughs> It is. It's really random. I'm very, actually, I'm very curious where this was in the, the production order. I think they were like, what if it was an order? That would be weird. 
I don't, I don't know if it is, especially since I know that the next episode is also a little heavy on the drama. And so I think they were just like, we can't put these back. But it's supposed to be a sitcom, a situational comedy. We got to do a filler jokey joke episode. <laughs> Um, and like, there's obviously still a lesson in this one. I shouldn't say obviously, but there's still a lesson in here. You could probably see where it's going. And uh, it's, it's just very, it's very interesting. The things that they pull from like season to season in terms of like, what is, I guess, content and what is filler. Yeah. I mean, also for the record, the guy who's playing the announcer, not the host, not Artie, mm -hmm. but prong. yes, prong. 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 <laughs> I don't know if that's his name. <laughs> um, he is, this is a fun trivia fact, he's also in the first episode of this season. Um, he's the guy, the restaurant guy. <laughs> yeah. So he just appeared. So maybe they did film those two together and then he was I around. But... <laughs> I knew that man looked familiar for more than one reason. I was like, he's been in a bunch of stuff. I also haven't been there yet, but he is in season five too, is what it said. Who is he in season five? What episode? He's also in a restaurant. That's so funny. <laughs> what is he doing in restaurants? <laughs> oh, man. Oh, I wonder what episode that is. Yeah. I mean, I'm guessing on the episodes that are in season five, there's a couple that it could be. Anyway, continue. Yeah, I'm <laughs> doing that thing where I just like Rolodex through my brain all the episodes. <laughs> I'm like, what episode was he in? Yeah. I liked how this scene just immediately started with makes learning hip, hot, and happening. <laughs> Which seems yeah. such a, a boomer energy, but also cracked me up. So I think something worked there. That's a fun line. Um, <laughs> Eric is absolutely eating it up, I will say. Um, the parents and Feeny obviously look concerned. Uh, however, Eric is having the time of his life. And the funny thing is you noted that the host looked uncomfortable. I noted that the host is looking like he's actually having a good time. And I don't know if it's because he's trying think? to do little like hop skips in his leather jacket, but... He's moving yeah. a lot more and not just behind the desk. And I'm not saying that he doesn't like the normal quiz show format, but it seemed like he was trying to figure it out and be like, I'm young. <laughs> I think because of the way that he would always throw to commercial, he just sounded deeply uninterested. <laughs> <laughs> like when they answered the X-Men question at the beginning, he's like, he was like shocked. He was like, yes, that's exactly what I have here. And then when he started like asking them questions in this new format, he was like, uh, one million points and the game. <laughs> like, it's just, he feels deeply disinterested to me. But. Yeah, the points in the show are very much, at this point, with when it turns knowledge fever, are very much like whose line where everything is made up and oh, just yeah. nothing matters. The points don't matter. Yeah. Yeah, I, the fact that it became a sponsored gig now is just funny. <laughs> but random because again, it's a PBS yeah. educational show. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like, cause clearly it seemed like it was publicly funded based on how the show worked. And the fact that she was like, the show's been on the air for 36 years, but if it's been on the air for 36 years and only just now are people caring and watching about it, then it was publicly funded by something because it, that's not how television works. Mm -hmm. And so it's just very weird that like they had for the first time, I guess three kids who weren't their archetypal child as like contestants and they were like we have to change everything immediately also how sad and embarrassing for the other students who yeah. there are so many times clearly like these people are not cool 
Um, these yeah. three are great. Yeah. <laughs> we love them. These three are the stars. <laughs> like yes. they already deal probably at high school, like in high school with just that type of social Stigma. structure to begin with. And it's like they finally found their ditch and then these three just come in and they just <laughs> wreck everything. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the fact that <laughs> the line that cracks me up is whenever um, – <laughs> They're talking about the, this many points for these team, and then they're like, and their future employers zero. Yeah, zero. <laughs> I did think it's funny the the one that Sean and Corey buzzed in on, kind of in the middle of the scene about Rocco being a wallaby and everything. They're using Nick trivia, which I think is very ironic. Oh yeah, um, the, that whole thing. <laughs> and I don't know the. I found out the gal's name is Susan, the producer lady. Oh, I would not have known that. Her name is never said. Yeah. I also, she's not like a good person. No, that's what I was going to say. It's so, it's so concerning that she's also working at PBS and then immediately is like, actually, education, not great. Just, just saw the the money and was like immediately. (laughs) Yeah. It's so weird. I will say this, this ad guy too, they name him at a certain point and I didn't write that down either because again, he's not a good person. So he doesn't get a name. I'm just like, I don't care to know your name. It's more work for me to type producer lady and ad guy, but I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) It's the principle of the thing. Yeah. I also thought the, the the thoughtful pouty, sexy lips thing. I just wrote ma'am in all caps Um, because that was concerning. Deeply inappropriate. And I was really proud of Topanga kind of standing up for herself. And then I was like, she tried. Okay. I get it. Listen, It's hard to be like 16, 17, there's so much ego and like being a child because the the whole universe is telling you to be like better and different. And especially being and a girl. It's like Yeah, <laughs> especially being a girl. Yeah, it's and so she had people holding up signs that said you're our queen like <laughs> uh, immediately that that would go to any child's head. It would yeah. go to my head at 16. It would go to my head now. Let me be real. <laughs> You're rooting for me. I love you. <laughs> yeah, truly. So yeah, it totally makes sense. It's a bummer, but it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, next scene. We are in Feeney's classroom now. He is teaching about how Gutenberg invented the printing press, making the written word available to the masses. For the first time in history, the common man had access to the same information that used to only be available to the privileged few. Corey and Sean, however, are signing autographs during class. Feeney says, might I interrupt your press junket? There's some learning going on here. Sean says, maybe you feel that it's important to learn that Gutenberg invented the printing press, but uh, pop culture and these pouty lips have made me a star. Feeney says, I'm going to try to put this as kindly as possible. The show has turned into a circus, and you three are driving the tiny car. Corey says, look, Mr. Feeney, I'm proud that I knew that Krusty the Clown was a son of a rabbi. Topanga says, I answered a real question, Mr. Feeney, about the Tigris and the Euphrates. Feeney says, Miss Lawrence, I would never deny you your moment in the sun, but knowledge fever no longer has much to do with the kind of knowledge I would want you to absorb. Corey says, Mr. Feeney, look, the show's proving that we're absorbing the right type of knowledge, all right? I mean, that's why we're the champions. The class inexplicably starts applauding at this statement. Feeney, though, stops them. Champions of what, Mr. Matthews? Of a generation whose verbal and mathematical skills have sunk so low when you have the highest level of technology at your fingertips? Gutenberg's generation thirsted for a new book every six months. Your generation gets a new webpage every six seconds. And how do you use this technology? To beat King Koopa and save the princess. Shame on you. You deserve what you get. The trio takes us in, but no one speaks. The bell rings and students start to get up to leave, but Feeney stops them. Sit down. Stay where you are. For the first time, I choose to walk out on you. 
He leaves the room as the students stay seated, and that is the end of the scene. Hot damn. <laughs> it's powerful. It's this powerful. It's a very powerful scene. What I did love at the beginning, I'm pretty sure they were signing their actual headshots, and I thought that that was really funny. I don't know if you I noticed didn't even that. Think to look. No, that's so funny. You can really only see riders um, yeah. in the back, but the way that he's posed, it looks so legit or like an actual photo, like wh- even yeah. one that you could buy at a con or something right. now, and right. he would sign. Um, so that was funny. Got me especially when he mentioned Mario. Because I, yeah. <laughs> I, a couple of days ago, was playing Mario <laughs> and just thinking about my life after he said that. Yeah. And part of me is like, it's okay to have both types of knowledge. Like, right. the the whole thing is very much putting it like education versus the pop culture. Fun. And yeah, yeah culture. and how like silly it is. And there's, yes, I agree that you don't, well, I don't even know. Some people can make full careers off of just knowing things right. like that. So I feel like this message is kind of not the same now gray. as it was even back in the day. Because I get it. Yeah. I want. I also yeah. want kids to try and actually <laughs> learn and have uh, an education in that way. But then there's this other half that the world is also crazy and different. Mm-hmm. And I would, if you want to have fun and also know this stuff, that's great. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it's an interesting dichotomy that they're sort of the way they're pitting these two things against each other. And I think most of it has to do with the fact that the show itself is being like marketed as like a smart people show, even with all of the way, the ways that they've changed it to like appeal to the masses and kids. And I think that's the main problem he has with it is that they're like, I don't need to know like, scholastic knowledge because I have pop culture knowledge. And that's obviously more important based on what I'm figuring out around the show. And I think that's the thing he's most frustrated with, but it is a very Mm -hmm. interesting like way to view pop culture knowledge versus scholarly knowledge or scholastic knowledge. I mean, because as an example, like Jeopardy covers both. And I just think it's fascinating. Like I, I know that high school quiz show is different. But it is a similar like thing in that Jeopardy is is viewed as this like you are extraordinarily smart if you can make it onto Jeopardy and even more so win Jeopardy but you're right that it has it's a wide range of knowledge like there (laughs) occasionally there will be like Jeopardy things are like answer all of these musical theater questions and I'm like ah that's for me (laughs) yeah and then there are some that I just totally have no clue about and I feel like I am the dumbest person because I don't know and these people can just quickly answer it like why doesn't everybody know that but yeah I did think I I noted Feeney is anti-gamer life (laughs) (laughs) um I will say that the line that has just been burned into my brain is in this scene do you know can you have a guess at which one it is oh god (laughs) this is a fun game I just made up it's and I want I want to again express it is not at all important but it is burned into my brain is it the one that Corey says which one the one where everybody applauds immediately after. No, it is very close to that line, though. Oh, okay. I do not remember it off the top. <laughs> You're, like, looking at it, and I have I do not yeah, remember the fair. line specifically. It is It is when Topanga says, I answered a real question, Mr. Feeney, about the Tigris and the Euphrates. The way she says oh. that to me, just, I don't know why, but it's, like, in my brain forever. Sometimes I'll just say it out loud. I'll just be like, I answered a real question, Mr. Feeney. About the Tigris and the Euphrates, which <laughs> I will say, she answered that question before they changed the format of the show. So that's nothing, my love. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Unfortunately, that's nothing. 
Um, unfortunately you're incorrect <laughs> unfortunately you are incorrect that's that you answered that real question before it was a bad show i'm so sorry yeah but yeah I, feeney just had this i I'm, i love this scene like i loved him talking about it the entire way and the him walking out and saying i choose yeah. to walk out on you i was like if any teacher told me that <laughs> i would cry it's really powerful, <laughs> it's really powerful. And the way that, again, Bill Daniels, the way that he speaks, the way that he does, the, the the cadence he gives to speeches like this is so impactful that, like, I cannot fathom anybody else moving a room like this in the way that he does. Mm-hmm. And I just love, I love the moments we get that are like this because they're so powerful and they're so serious. And it just, fe- you you feel it. Like, years later, right? This is still... This is existing in time and memoriam, but like it is so powerful every single time he gives a speech like this. And I just love it. I love it so much. I, I think it's the fact that Feeney also just he cares so much about the kids and has yes. gone through so much up until this point that the kids all know about, too. Um, yeah. You know, not all the kids, <laughs> the the trio right. and the important uh, <laughs> ones, the ones we care about. <laughs> the, the three in this episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's like. He has like gone through so much and so many years and to then just kind of have it act like, again, it's not important and what you're doing is not important mm-hmm. um, in helping these kids like learn. It's got to be another real slap in the face. So it's totally justified. Yeah. But man, he just sends chills down my spine every time that he yeah. does these types of things. And it's awesome. You don't so expect powerful. it when you're watching this type of show. And then all of a sudden they just hit you with these moments and you're like, oh, mm-hmm. fuck. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, this episode is is so silly and weird, but, like, it does have a very iconic Feeny moment in it, and, like, that's really all you can ask for. <laughs> yeah, all you episode. need is one in episode. <laughs> one good, iconic Feeny moment, and things are fine. And that's how you know. <laughs> uh, I think now we're going to take a quick break, but we'll be right back with more Quiz Show after this. <laughs> Hello, everybody. It's Sid. Welcome to the mid-roll, the spot where we do announcements, featured ads, and anything else that we want to talk about. First things first, if you like our show and any of the others on the network, please consider backing us at patreon.com slash the scavengers network. It's just two bucks a month, folks. You get access to hours and hours of bonus content, and every donation helps support us and the network. Also, speaking of the scavengers network, today, the day that this drops... Tuesday the 28th of February is the Scavengers Network fifth year anniversary and to celebrate the fifth year anniversary uh, there's so much merch that just dropped into their entire store but specifically our store (laughs) Um, which is extremely exciting I have been talking about merch for weeks months at this point I'm pretty sure it's been months We're really excited. We have four new items that dropped into our store today. When Tay and I were trying to think of a fun name for ourselves, we decided on Nostalgia Buds because we are, in fact, your Nostalgia Buds, dear listener. Uh, So a lot of our merch this time around includes that. Uh, We have a long sleeve tee that's available in gray or white, has two little flowers that are smiling with the text Nostalgia Buds over it. Uh, We also have a denim bucket hat, a bucket hat, you guys, (laughs) Um, which we are both oddly obsessed about, even though I don't think either one of us thinks that we can pull off a bucket hat, but you know, we have one now anyway. 
Uh, and then we also have a small sticker that says Nostalgia Buds uh, with the two little flower heads. And yeah, those are extremely cute. And then we also have a notebook that has some fun little 90s graphics, but it says, what are you nostalgic for? You can use that to write down your own nostalgic thoughts, just journaling, writing down your grocery list, whatever the heck you want to do with it. There's a notebook now with your name on it. <laughs> I'm kidding. But can you imagine how personalized that would be? That's insane. Okay. Um, all of those are available at scavengersnetwork.com slash the lost years shop and get yourself some merch. I'm going to be getting myself some merch. I'm excited. If you do happen to get our merch, uh, please feel free to also take a picture of it. And whether you're wearing it, whether you put stickers anywhere, whatever the heck you're doing with it, uh, please, please snap a photo. We'd love to see. All right. Do you have water nearby? If not, you should be like me after recording this and go get some. And while you're at it, treat yourself to a little snack because you know what? You deserve it. Thanks for listening. Let's get back to the episode. Do you wish your life was a little more spooky? Hi, everybody. My name is Jordan Reed. And I'm Lindsay Reed. And this is Spooky Spouses, a podcast about ghosts and stuff. Tall tales. If you ever want to find out if a psychic is real or not, commit a crime <laughs> and then go to them and ask about the crime. Cryptid technology. That's why we can't find Bigfoot because they don't have trackers. They don't have these apps that are like, here I am going to the ice cream store later. Scary stories. <laughs> you know what you're going to do? What? Crap your pants. Oh, no. <laughs> okay. Numbers in general. I just hear or see numbers and my brain shuts off. <laughs> you can find brand new episodes of Spooky Spouses every week wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs> Excuse me, part of the Scavengers Network. All right, we're back, back at Quiz Show. The show has gone full Hawaiian ish appropriation now and is. Renamed to Huh, That's Cool, brought to you by Oahu Beach Face Saver Pads. There's hula, there's dancers and chanting beats behind Old Man Prong, who is still doing the intro, which is fun, but there's a new host. Her name is Kiki, and she's wearing a sarong and carried in by a, a bunch of men in just like sort of grass skirts. They're, theirs aren't grass. They seem to be like hay or something. They're a different color than the, the hula dancers who are all wearing green. Um, she introduces the challengers Einstein Academy, which the audience boos and then turns to the trio and introduces them as hair, lips, and Brainiac 14. I bet you can guess which is which. This is just a guess. <laughs> Corey is wearing a brain hat, which got adopted on into his on-screen persona at some point, and they're all wearing tropical garb. Kiki gets the round one questions delivered to her on a shell, and she thanks Big Kahuna for them. There's a lot happening. She asks Team Johnny Adams, the Earth has one natural satellite. It's called the moon. A single lunar phase takes 28 days to complete and involves phases like the waning gibbous and the waxing gibbous. For 800 million points, the moon, where is it? 
The trio huddles and whispers, and at the end of their little thinking time, they all just silently point up, and Kiki says they're right, and they get the points. She asks the Einstein kids what that same moon weighs. They come up with the exact weight of the moon, and Kiki says, I'm sure it is, but that's not the answer we're looking for. She throws it to John Adams for the seal, and Sean says, it doesn't weigh anything, because if it did, it would fall on us. Kiki says they're right, they get more points. The audience goes literally nuts, and Kiki continues, they were right, and you were wrong, which can only mean one thing audience and the audience cheers Samoans and the men from before in some sort of culturally appropriate of garb come out with spears and start poking the Einstein kids with them. Kiki throws it to break and hula dancers dance. (laughs) 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 The producer lady who is wearing a noticeably brighter skirt suit this time around introduces ad guy to the trio and says he has great news. He tells them that because of their commitment to education, The show reaches four times as many kids as it used to. Producer Lady adds, that's right, which means that, huh, that's cool, is going to need even more commitment from you. Topanga says, oh, that's great. What do we have to do? And Ad Guy says, just miss a couple days of school. Topanga asks, how many days? And Producer Lady says, six weeks. Sean says, huh, that's cool. And she continues, yeah, we're going to go on location in Oahu. Sean's like, Columbus, Oahu? (laughs) (laughs) He's so dumb. Topanga says, I don't think I could go. Six weeks from school, we have finals coming up. My grades have been suffering as it is. Corey says, uh, yeah, Miss Kelly Backer, which I think is the first time we hear her name. We're having fun and everything, but you think we can think about it, if that's okay? Producer lady says, oh, yeah, well, you should definitely think about it. But I also want you to think about how you become scholastic role models for millions of kids out there. Ad guy, ad guy says, so let's get into bathing suits and let's get ready for round two, huh? The kids nod nervously and head off. And those adults looking after them threateningly, question mark, is how we end the scene. <laughs> That's so weird. This whole thing is it's, so weird. There's so many things in this scene and they're all bad. Um, first off, I felt bad for Arthur that he got replaced. <laughs> he did. He got fired. <laughs> that was He was having such a great time at the beginning of the show and now he's gone. And that's yeah. a bummer. I will say there's a line that you cut when the host is introducing the other team because before they all boo she says let them know how you feel yeah, <laughs> and then they boo <laughs> which is just so demoralizing it's really brutal these are still te- like teen children like they're all still kids they're Imagine wearing being po- in high school, school uniforms and they just boo you yeah truly, <laughs> for being smart brutal. how about that how about that <laughs> The fact that it is the lips, hair, brainiac 14. Why 14? Unclear. We <laughs> they could never just said brains. Out. They're just like, here's brainiac no, he's 14. Brainiac 14. It's funny. I, I wanted all three of them to, you know, stop being a part of this or stop encouraging it. But the one that I wrote down was just Topanga Girl, please stop. <laughs> she's really into it. Out of all three of them, um, she's the one that I was rooting for the most to be. She is still a teen girl. What can Not you making do? the option, but yep. They went along with it. Literally, what in the world with the whole Samoans chant? And then... I don't know. I have no idea. I understand it's the 90s, but I'm sick of using that excuse if I'm being honest. (laughs) It's the only one, though, is the thing. (laughs) That's the only reason that this was even a little bit okay. (laughs) It's just so bizarre. It's not an excuse. It's just the real reason why people (laughs) did these things. Because it was the 90s. Yikes. <laughs> Yikes. It sucks, guys. It's not good. We don't like it. We don't condone it. It's not. It's bad. It's all bad. Okay, so I'm trying to figure out this timeline 
Um, how long mm. have they been on this show? Have they said this? Unclear. They do not say anywhere in the episode. Because I'm sorry. The fact that Susan, producer lady, is just like, we've been reaching four times as many kids. How the yeah, hell how are you pulling that, that information? There's no, no way. Idea. Again, because this is not how... <laughs> It's like let's works. say they do this. Let's say they do it once a weekend, right? It's a public let's access show once a weekend. <laughs> yeah, if if they were doing it once a weekend, there's been maybe three three weekends, three weeks potential. That's all we've seen is three weeks, right? We saw the first week they went on. We saw Knowledge Fever, and now it's huh, that's cool. So uh, maybe three weeks, maybe a month if we're generous. That's still insane. <laughs> Yeah, it doesn't make any sense in the context of like what they're asking and also what they're telling them. Yeah. Wild. All all nuts. What also blows my mind, I'm backing up a little bit. Um whenever she asks the question about the moon, it's I I know that they're doing this on purpose, but it's like they're asking real questions and then just totally disregarding fake like anything. Yeah. And uh, then they don't care. <laughs> Yeah, I thought about that, too, when she was, like, actually saying things that are correct about the moon, right? Mm -hmm. A lunar phase has 28 days. It includes these types of phases, blah, blah, blah. And then where is it? Up. It's up. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Yeah, it's kind of like this random scapegoat that they have. Uh, Like, see, we're being educational. Um, Yeah. But also, ha ha. (laughs) Ha ha. We're not. (laughs) I also really like that um, Kiki was like, when she threw the question to Einstein and was like, that that same mood, which John John Adams so precisely located to its place in the universe, where they just pointed up, I thought that was very silly and fun. With the fact that they answer the question actually correct, and then she's like, yeah. that's not the answer that, that's not quite the answer that we're looking for. And then it's like, um, it would fall down. <laughs> <Like this. laughs> it's too heavy, actually. It, it weighs nothing. Oh, boy. What a time. Uh, six weeks. That is so long. They're literal children. That's been literal two months. Children. But also, if somebody offered me six weeks in Hawaii as a 16-year-old, I would not be thinking about it. I would just be in Hawaii. Yeah, but your parents Well, would. I wouldn't. <laughs> yeah. No, my mom wouldn't let me go to Hawaii for six weeks. But if if I had a different life that wasn't mine, <laughs> I would be like, yeah, be let me nice. go to Hawaii. <laughs> what do you mean? Of course. School? For why? I could be a child star. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, yeah, we we both laughed about it, but the Columbus Oahu line really I'm got me because I wasn't expecting it. Yeah, God, sleeper so lines like that from Sean are just so good every time. Yeah, and then the just ending it with the the guy out of the two of them being like, Real "Let's get into the bathing suits." Like, no, Ugh, really it's nasty. Sick. I don't like yeah. this. I'm done with this episode. <laughs> Yeah, well, we're not done. Uh, the next scene, we are in the Matthews backyard. It's very quick. Corey comes out of his house with his brain hat and greets Mr. Feeney, who greets him back as Mr. Brainiac. I suppose it's too much to hope that you've prepared for tomorrow's class. Corey says Gutenberg invented his printing press in 1450 and made knowledge available to the mass culture who can now communicate about shared literary experiences. Feeney says, hmm. And Corey says, please don't tell anyone I know that. He leaves. Feeney watches him go, and that's the end of the scene. So... There are a couple of these types of quick scenes that happen mm-hmm. in this episode that knowing how much of production like goes into having to move the sets or like get everything in place and then just to have it be less than a minute. A minute, yeah. Kind of blows my mind. <laughs> but it, it's so... I, I actually really like this little moment, even though it's so quick, because, you know, Corey is having this fame on the show and like this is kind of the turning point of the episode because it's almost over. Spoiler alert. Um, yeah. 
but the fact that he does know it and Feeney kind of has the moment of like, hmm, hmm. like <laughs> you, you're not just focused on the pop culture. Like you are paying attention and you also do care to it. But extent. then for Corey to have that little bit of shame of like, please don't tell anyone I know that is yeah, it's like you're, so you're, interesting. It's okay to be smart and know some yeah. things, Corey. It's, yeah. It's fine. All the while he's holding his little hat. His little brain hat. <laughs> Um, okay, so the next scene, we are back at Quiz Show. The trio is talking to producer lady who is now wearing a just tiger-striped suit. It, truly, like, the fame has changed. The money, really. She's not famous, but the money has changed her. Um, Topanga is saying that the three of them have talked about it and want some intelligent questions, too. Producer lady laughs. Why? What? Whatever for? Topanga says, so there can be some educational value on the show. Corey adds, like, there used to be. The producer lady says, okay, darling here's some educational value no one watched the show when we asked intelligent questions now they watch the show so i think we're doing the right thing okay Corey says yeah but don't you think we should do a smart show if so many kids watch she says this is an outrageous star demand is this the thanks i get for making you famous Corey says actually nobody recognizes me without my brain hat she says so all three of you feel this way Corey and Topanga nod but sean just sort of looks at her uncertainly so she pounces sean Sean, come on, you're a good-looking guy. Who cares what kind of questions we ask or what you know as long as you come off looking cute, popular, and you win? He looks back at the other two, and he says, I'll have to think about that. She says, okay, you do that. In any case, we were prepared for this and walks away. Corey says, what do you think she meant by that? We cut to the show, beginning. Kiki is once again introed by Prong, who introduces the trio by their show names. Ad Guy is here now with producer lady and says to her, they're not going to be any trouble, are they? She says, I've already taken care of it. Kiki then introduces some very special challengers from Malibu, California, Viper Jones, Surfer Girl, and Moon Doggy. Three blonde kids, all with very long hair, come out dancing and headbanging. The audience looks at each other, confused. The Malibu kids look confused because they've received, like, no welcome. And then the audience gets on board and cheers, some of them taking off their brain hats. Corey says, uh-oh, and we transition, so we'll call that a scene. Yeah, I... The fame really... Not fame. The money did really go to this producer's head. Yeah. Um, I also... I really just dislike the line of, is this the thanks I get for making you famous? Just kind of nuts. It kind of also made me think about how today one of the top jobs that if you ask like a kid in school what they want to be when they grow up and they say I want to be an influencer Mm. this made me think of it because then also it's like okay so you get to this level of like attention or fame that you want or think that you want and then you're like oh I don't I don't actually know if we can keep doing this but then it's like you're are you just stuck there or like what do you want to do I don't know it's just the way this lady who supposedly just cared about the education of kids just really quickly turned on him. And the fact that she was willing to just kind of go after Sean because he showed that little sign of doubt kind of made me think of just like children in this whole industry, like TV or any big industry that is exploiting them. So, And also producers in general in reality TV, like you and I have talked about this a lot because Uh we watch a lot of reality (laughs) TV. What? Like like, producers on The Bachelor are truly just – trained in like a psychological warfare that I cannot fathom, especially since a lot of the people who come off that show come off really loving their producers. And I find that fascinating, like Mm -hmm. knowing the things that they go through on that show. And less so in recent years, I feel like in more recent years, there have been less um, contestants who have been like very fond of their experience on the show and have more so spoken out about how bad it's been. And I think that's because it's gotten worse. But the, mm-hmm. the way that producers on something like a reality TV show have to manipulate people um, to make the kind of show that they are like 
built to make essentially is like deeply terrifying to me because yeah, I mean it's not caring about the the people so much as it is oh, just the no. story for exactly. people to watch and yeah it's interesting for me but like I also don't want people's lives to be ruined because of yeah <laughs> Like I and cannot imagine going on reality TV and then like trusting people afterwards, if I'm being honest, because it's like, no. what? I know that I put myself in this situation, but also I didn't think that I was going to get completely fucked over. <laughs> and people talk about coming off reality TV and being like deeply, like mentally affected yeah. by their time on various shows, because it's like you, you aren't a real person on those shows. You can't be, there's no way to be because of the way, the way that a show works like that. And that is very well seen here. Like these kids have been turned into personalities based on a single thing about them or like a, a like a physical attribute, you know? And it's, yeah. it's so fascinating to just like watch how everybody is deeply affected by the ways that they are, being told to be on the show, specifically these kids that are like, especially Sean, like knowing Sean is like, quote unquote, the simpleton of the three of them, right? Yeah. It is It is so interesting to see how she saw that little bit of doubt and was like, oh, let me pounce on this one. Like maybe he's not really with them, you know? Yeah. It's fascinating and also mm. scary. And like, we, we were talking about how this show was like, or this episode is very like silly and weird, but like, that is fun. I like- <laughs> This is yeah. interesting. <laughs> when there's actual conflict, it's yeah, fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so next scene. We are back in quiz show. The show is at the last question, and the scores are tied with one million trillion points each. Kiki addresses the last question to Lips. The audience cheers, and producer lady asks Ad Guy if he cares who wins. He scoffs, good-looking kids versus good-looking kids. This is good TV. Kiki says to Sean, answer correctly, and you win again. Blow it, and Malibu becomes the new champions and get a trillion million points. We get a shot of the Malibu kids looking just like deeply uninterested and self-involved. And Kiki continues, so for the whole enchilada, who invented the printing press and made the written word available to the masses for the first time in history? Thinking music plays as Sean looks surprised. The audience waits. Corey and Topanga look at each other and then at him. Kiki says we need an answer lips. And the camera zooms in on Sean looking nervous as the Samoans point spears at him. The music stops and Kiki says, time's up lips. So what's it going to be? And he says, I don't know. I don't really know anything. I'm just cute and fun to watch. Topanga and Corey look quietly proud, and that is the end of the scene. Uh, the fact that Sean is the one that they singled out there, too, because they specifically went to him, and mm -hmm. knowing what you just saw in the last scene of mm -hmm. they knew that he had that little bit of doubt. I also think it's an interesting question to ask him, because obviously it's a thing they've been talking about, right? But he also says this earlier in the episode. Like, even, it's like the one thing that he retained from when Feeney was talking during class. He was like, Gutenberg may have invent invented the printing press, but pop culture and these patty lips made me a star. So, like, he yeah. did potentially know that. No, that's, that's how I read it, is the fact that he knew that and made the decision like he could have mm -hmm. said it and then won the game won. and then they would have yeah. kept going with everything but instead he looking at Corey and Topanga made that choice of actually this is not the right route for us and I love yeah. that I like hate that not hate the episode I don't like the episode that much no <laughs> um but this whole scene I do love because it kind of puts him just in that moment of mm -hmm. being the one that uh, sticks up for them. And I think that's really nice. Yeah. Considering the fact that, yeah, he got reduced to just being fun and also lips and cute. And that was it. Yeah. Yeah. 
It's very fun. I want to get to this last scene because it's my favorite. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so we are back in Feeney's class. Feeney walks in and the trio are already sitting in their desk. He is surprised to see that they're early for his class and asks why. Sean raises his hand. Feeney calls on him and he says, Johann Gutenberg. Gutenberg invented the printing press in 1450. Feeney nods. Yes, I believe I taught you that. Then Corey raises his hand. Feeney calls on him and he says, can you teach us something else? Feeney gives them a small smile as students begin to come into the class. And that is the end of the episode proper. Are you kidding me with that line? <laughs> it's so good. This truly, uh, like these last couple of scenes really saved this episode for me. <laughs> my favorite thing is, I mean, I'm just assuming they don't show any of this, but I'm assuming that Feeney has still watched it. Mm. The quiz show in my mind, even though I don't think he would admit it. Yeah. But knowing that Sean doesn't answer it like at the end and mm-hmm. then sees the three of them and then Sean is like immediately like I know it. This is who answers. Is- yeah. <laughs> that's it's really that's just canon in my head. I'm hoping that that's true. Um, I also kind of hope it's true. I mean, he was there obviously for Knowledge Fever when it was that format of the show. I think yeah. in some ways they still needed like a chaperone quote unquote because of the way that the show was originally run. And so that's why he was at Knowledge Fever. And then when they changed the format so dramatically, they were like, you don't need to be here anymore. Maybe he still watched in his home. That's what I'm thinking. Like, he he had it on TV. That's what I like yeah. to believe. Because he cares about them. I feel like he would still watch. Especially yeah. since he knows. He was like, the show has turned into a circus. Like, Well, and the fact that Corey, literally in the scene that he just had with him, kind of showed that he oh, did yeah. care and not yeah. just being on TV. And um, he also called him Mr. Brainiac, which he wouldn't have known unless he watched the most recent version of the show. So he's watching. <laughs> he's been watching. Um, yeah, so I, I really do love it. I love that they showed up early and are just sitting there yeah. is really sweet. But the fact that they don't even just like start talking, they just raise their hand raise and their then hand. wait for him. It, it's, it's such They're a like good little way respect. to end this weird se- this weird episode. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just ending with the, can you teach us something else? And then everybody comes in. I was like, this, oh, this show's going to make me cry again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Bad episode. Good ending. Good ending. Good ending. Um, it a okay. bit. <laughs> <laughs> so end credits. We are, I put Matthew's kitchen, but that's wrong. We're in the living room. Uh, the, <laughs> Matthews, the Matthews, Sans Morgan, but including Sean and Topanga are playing the at-home version of, huh, that's cool. Topanga stands and says, okay, I'll be Kiki. Aloha, which is how Kiki would answer the, or enter the show. For a zillion points, milk, where does it come from? <laughs> she asks this to Amy and Alan who confer and then Amy says, cows? And Topanga goes, is right, but not the answer we're looking for. Boys, Eric, Corey, and Sean confer, and then Eric answers a carton. Topanga says, more specific. They confer again, and Eric says, a milk carton. The boys celebrate, um, or no, Topanga says they're right. Wow, I didn't write that down. Topanga says they're right. The boys celebrate and say, kids win, parents lose, and you know what that means. Samoans. Alan and Amy sort of laugh, but then a bunch of the Samoans come out from everywhere in their house and start poking them with spears, and that is the end of the episode in full. It's insane. I will say they're also, rather than doing whatever chant, they're chanting like, boy meets world, boy meets world, Are which they? I don't know if you noticed that again. No, that's so funny. Well, because normally the chant was, huh, 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 that's cool, huh, huh. That's like the, <laughs> yeah, so they <laughs> like were they going the boy, boy, boy meets world, boy, that's boy, so boy meets I, again, oh hate that entire concept that they did, yeah. but that was very funny to me because that's I didn't funny. catch it on my first watch. I on my rewatch I saw that but oh my god that's so funny and I'm not gonna lie I tried playing along with it <laughs> whenever 
she was saying. Like, oh, really? Like, yeah, because I was like, it can't be cows. It can't. <laughs> that would be too easy. <laughs> it can't be cows. And so it's funny because whenever they said carton, and then she's like, more specific, I literally just went, milk carton. <laughs> Then it was right. So I won the game, actually. You did. You won the game. I said it before they did. I win. (laughs) Oh, man. Well, um, this one's a little weird, but what was the lesson, Sid? What was the lesson, actually? I'm going to be honest. I did not really. Like, there's, like, little bits and pieces of a a lesson, but nothing, like, very concrete. I would say (laughs) don't go on reality TV. How about that? Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. But also, I don't know. I like watching it. So I need somebody to go. Somebody's got to keep. Listen, Nobody's they're going to keep making it. It's fine. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that I guess the lesson for that, the reality TV side of it, is that it is extremely manipulative. And mm. uh, just be aware of that whenever you're watching it, that that's not mm. actually how people fully, truly are all the time. Um, yeah. But in this lesson, I would say the I, I'm going to harken back to what Feeney said at the beginning of the episode whenever he had his whole big speech, which is the fact that we do have so much technology at our fingertips. Even now, this is 2023 yeah, and not 97, mm-hmm. um, that educating yourself is still important. Um, and the fact that you can access it in any way, pretty much at your fingertips, just still keep learning stuff. And also the nerdy side, the pop culture side is still fine to learn too. (laughs) (laughs) I just want to stress that again, because it's, it is fun to like have that knowledge. And again, go to pub trivia and actually know stuff whenever people are like, I have no idea. And I'm like, I know all of these answers. (laughs) God, I wish I did trivia like ever. I think I went, I went and did a music trivia one time with a friend to try to win tickets to Riot Fest. And we both were like, we don't know any of the answers to these questions. They were like deeply obscure, which makes sense. It was tickets to Riot Fest, which is like a pretty big festival here. But like, yeah. So, so the just the most the most ridiculously obscure music questions, and we were we were both we came in very confident. We were both like, yeah, we know a lot about music. Like, it's totally cool. N- not a single question was correct. <laughs> not a single one. I bet that knocked you down a peg. <laughs> it did. It did. Uh, the only other time I went into trivia pretty confident was when I went to do a Marvel trivia with a couple of my friends. And that one we did pretty well. And I think we got second place, which I feel pretty good about. But yeah, that was great. Just it's hard to pull an episode from that one. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, hey, welcome to the end of the episode. We've done it. And so have you. And we're proud of you for being here with us. If you would like to keep up with us on social media you can find us on twitter instagram and tiktok at the last year's pod we share when the episodes drop we share fun memes and we also ask what you're nostalgic for and this week we're recording this after coming back from our new york trip and uh we saw some broadway shows and so i i was shocked that i hadn't asked this before but i am just curious what uh your first musical theater or just kind of theater experience was wow Oh man, I'm gonna have to think about that one because yeah, I, I did a lot. I did. Don't I answer. Did watch, <laughs> I know. I'm just thinking. I did watch a lot of theater as a kid. Yeah, too. Was the but first I'm time. curious what my first one was. Yeah, exactly. I might. I might just go with the first one I remember. But um, yeah. But ooh, that's um, such a fun question. I love that. We're gonna talk for so long. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready. 
so yeah, that's a great question. I love it. Um, and feel free to um, engage with that on our socials, or you can email us at thelashespot at gmail.com. We'll read your email on the show. You can also rate us and write a review on Apple Podcasts, Good Pods, Spotify, all those lovely little places, and subscribe as well wherever you get your podcasts. It really helps us out, helps people find the show. And if you can tell a friend, if one of you tells a friend every time you listen to the episode that you liked it, if you did, I hope you did then that's, you know, an exponential amount of people who are now telling a friend about our show. And that's growth. And growth is important, especially when you're doing a podcast, because boy, oh boy, is it a saturated market. <laughs> when you said it's growth, I thought you were about to say it's gross. And I was like, <laughs> you're sending so Where many mixed going? messages here. <laughs> um, but yeah, I agree. Wonderful. Thank you to the Scavengers Network for having us on the network. You can check out other cool shows like Blink and You'll Miss It and Unnatural 20s on www.scavengersnetwork.com. Huzzah. Our, I still have the phrasing of personal handles and show handles in my notes because I never changed it because I just copy and paste it. Right. Um, but if you want to find us individually, you can find me um, on all social medias at Taycro, T-A-Y-Y-C-R-O, or on Twitch at it's Taycro. I mean, it's not at it's it's twitch.tv slash it's Taycro. I don't know why I said at. Um, and you know, we're doing we're doing Twitch still. It's happening. Um, and last night I built my bed frame on stream. So that was fun and silly. If you want to come watch it, if you need uh, just like a body double while you do something productive, a lot of people are using it for that. So um, feel free to check me out over there. I feel like I want to do more of those sort of just like productivity streams because it was helpful for me and I hope it was helpful for other people. I think it was. Um, so yeah, check me out on the internets, on the interwebs. If you'd like to find me on the internet, you can find me everywhere now at Sudsley. Oh my God. She consolidated. Yay. I'm proud of you. I really, um, just took the plunge with that. It it was weird. I had a weird anxiety whenever I switched that username over. (laughs) It's just so important to create like, brand recognition you know having one social handle yeah and that's what's nuts the thing with my changing my twitter name i literally hadn't changed it since 2012 yeah so it's been a long time yeah and that kind of became my identity on there for sure and no i so that that, I that, that was weird just to be like okay <laughs> now it's all the same but i mean yeah. it works now because i can just promote it as the one and it works exactly um, i love that for you i'm proud yeah, of you tiktok instagram twitter technically twitch <laughs> <laughs> which i definitely don't have to follow me at this point but my goal for this year is to get myself a gaming computer again and i <gasps> God, would I like hope. to actually twitch stream again because i, I cannot like low-key miss that um I only did it a couple of times, but it is fun. And I would like to get back into doing that, getting back into like watching Twitch even. I'm like, I hate doing that. It's so. I love that. Um, Okay. Well, hey, that's the end of the podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Guys, we are just chugging towards the end of season four. And once season four is over, then it gets good, baby. Everything up to this point has been shit. It's been trash, okay? <laughs> We're about to get to see... Oh, my God. I'm so excited for their senior year. And also, one of the, I would say, best episodes of Boy Meets World is coming up, period. 
um, at that's the end great. of season four that I'm very excited to talk about with you. That's going to I just already know that's going to be a long one. We're going to be talking about that for a while. So um, look forward to that. Look forward to season five, baby. The thing and is, too, just because I know of like cast that appears yeah. on season five, I'm also yeah. excited for that because it feels like every time that people promote Boy Meets World, including all the cons, it's like, mm-hmm. and then here are these other people that you have these no other two people you don't know. Yeah. Which is crazy because they're only in like three seasons. I know they're not even in the whole show, but, but those like, are they're they're in like the formative part of the, the show. The formative years, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Ugh, it's the I'm most excited. important part. I mean, and I will say too, like I think I've said this before, it's the part of the show that I have seen the most times. Yeah. Like their high school, their senior year in high school, and their college years, I've watched over and over and over again. So I feel like uh, there's sometimes there will be like things where we're watching and I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot that happened. And it's because those, those are that chunk of time I have not watched as much as I've watched their senior years. Also, um, whenever we're about to do season five is whenever C2E2 is about to happen as well. Like yeah. it's also all around that same time. It's right around so. there. Yep. Ooh, oh. excited. <laughs> and then we get to see them again. <laughs> I have been thinking about this. Uh, we'll talk about it off the camera um, okay. or off, off mic, but Yes. Thank you so much for listening once again and have a wonderful rest of your listening time. And until next time, <laughs> your take, yours, Sid. Just like it's always been. What else do you need to know? Goodbye, fam. Bye, fam. The Scavengers Network. Creator driven, community focused, treasured content.